0: hey welcome to the happy ramp podcast i am ted cluck joined as always by barnabas piper and ronald j martin uh boys i am sitting here in my office uh completely soaked looking out on a monsoon that's hitting the jackson area and uh Guys, I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling a little reflective, man, I'm, I want to reflect on the Super Bowl, which uh, is a sporting event, but it's a sporting event that Ronald J. Martin lowers himself to be a part of each year because it's kind of a cultural event as well. It's a cultural item. So, uh, Big R, you are you are chomping at the bit to talk about Super Bowl halftime. Uh, if you didn't catch it, uh, Lady Gaga was the uh, the featured performer at this year's Super Bowl halftime, and I guess I'll just kick us off by saying I felt like this was a satire. I thought it was a parody of Super Bowl halftimes. And I don't know what they will be able to do to sort of make it more shocking and over the top, short of like executing someone live on the 50 yard line. <laughs> so I think, I think next year, like someone will die um, during the Super Bowl halftime. Well, given so the direction America's prediction. going, <clears throat> would, yeah, would yeah. you
1: rule that out?
0: No, I wouldn't. I, I, that's the thing. I, I totally wouldn't. And I'm I'm only half kidding about
1: it. Well, I mean, isn't it funny, though? I mean, speaking of that, you know, as, as we sort of get into this a little bit, mm-hmm. I, having said that, you're right. Like what, you know, now we got like people like, you know, how many times can everybody be flying without wires into the stadium? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, they're literally performing magic tricks now somehow. But it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, like, like, it's, it's shocking to me in some way, you know, given what you just said, Big T, that, mm-hmm. um, that somebody hasn't done some like, sort of like, uh, you know, uh, some, some fan hasn't like, you know, committed some outrageous spectacle as a form of protest up to this. Yeah. I just,
0: I I just feel like the Super Bowl is just this bloated, ridiculous parody of, of itself. You know, there, there was probably a sweet spot in like the seventies or the early eighties where it, it was big enough that it commanded sort of the, the world's attention, but not so big that it was a, a joke like it is now. Well, they, I, I don't they know.
1: Halftime shows back in the eight. I mean, were they doing the big halftime show back then? Dude,
0: back in the eighties and the seventies. I mean, it, at the very beginning they would do like, it'd be like a college marching band. You know, they'd have like the, right. the Ohio state marching band out. And it was a very traditional halftime show. And then there was this cheesy thing called up with people. And, you know, for like a decade in the seventies and like the early eighties, like they would do the halftime show. Um, and it was just starting to become a little bit of a gong show by the, by the early nineties. Like I remember I had, uh, <clears throat> I had somebody over, I had this girl I liked over for a, <laughs> to, to the super bowl. It was in like 90, it was like 93. Was that the- I think it was the Cowboys. Okay the Cowboys and the Bills, but it was Michael Jackson, like hologramming himself all over the sort of the, rim oh, of the stadium. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's talking about that right now as they're reflecting
0: on Gaga? Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. And it was really cool. You know, it was yeah. really cool, but it was also like, you know, halftime became like this 45 minute affair. And it's sort of like, you know, as a, as a player, as a football player, you hate that because it's you go into the, into the clubhouse, you get completely cooled off and it's hard to like, Appar- make apparently your club the Patriots well. didn't hate it. Yeah, they yeah, love I, it. It seemed to work out they pretty work well for them. Man.
2: No, it Gaga,
1: please play a few more songs.
2: Sorry, please play another we'll half-American great again, and then we'll come out and destroy Atlanta.
0: Big R, can we, can we talk a little bit more about the show itself? It looked to me like she was wearing like a, a – the, the term that was being bandied about at my party was uh, a knife suit like she had a knife suit on, like a suit of knives. At one, it point. was kind of like yeah, a onesie and, uh, of yeah. knives, though.
2: It was because it, yeah, it was, it was cons- like a onesie. It even of had like that yeah.
0: awkward, like diaper thing.
2: That kind of that, it had a bit <laughs> yeah. of that awkwardness to it, to the way it was.
1: Uh, she's yeah. looking to she's looking to get a show on the Food Network, so she wore a uh, you know a onesie yeah. with uh, with Ginsu knives, the, right? <laughs> the cutlery
2: yeah. onesie. She could cut through a lead pipe. <laughs>
1: Well, so, okay, so here's what was interesting to me. So, look, I mean, fellas, I mean, I, you know, certainly I, I do the Super Bowl party like every other normal American every year because the food well, is did good. Did you just compare right? yourself to a
2: normal American?
1: Yeah, and I usually don't do that because we all know that's not true. But um, just for the sake of trying to lower myself, as Big T just put it, to the uh, general mm-hmm. To the, know, p- uh, the, general the plebs in the masses, yes. Yes. yes, got it. Exactly. But this is what was crazy. So I, this is like a post-church you know, Super Bowl gig that we invited the whole church out to. You know, because that's
0: how we roll. Oh, and you had uh, evening church, man, committed to that.
1: Oh, you know, absolutely. Super Bowl's evening not stopping then, us. I mean, literally, Correct. just we said, hey, we're gonna we're gonna just jam out of here and we're gonna do the Super Bowl gig. But this is what kind of got me because everybody, I could tell, there was sort of this, you know, the feeling in the room, the mood in the room was like, oh no, what's Gaga gonna do? What is she gonna do to offend us? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, so and so you in walked in mind. in a loincloth just to make everybody feel at ease. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. well, i know that's that's what i preached and then i then i clothed myself and went to the super bowl gig but the uh but here's the thing like my my prediction was that she was going to keep it real safe and shockingly like she did and like mm-hmm. when you look at her performance i mean dude it was so vanilla i mean she mm-hmm. starts you know singing like god bless america and like the whole thing like there was really nothing you could sink your teeth into or i mean unless you tried really hard Like for Gaga and for really any Super Bowl performer that always tries to do something that everybody's going to talk about, there was nothing really to talk about other than the fact that she put on a legitimately good performance. You know, she sang well and she performed well, but there was nothing controversial, which was shocking, given everything that's going on. And um, and I don't know, you know, get, you know, my background tells me that, well, Gaga's last two albums have done really poorly. Like she doesn't need bad controversy. She needs, she needs good performance now to sort of get mm. herself out of the hole that she dug into. But I was just kind of shocked that like she didn't do really anything political. She just stuck to her songs, kind of did it, you know, made it kind of pro-America and God bless America. I mean, dude, she tried to include like literally almost every people group, religious and otherwise, into her performance to not offend And I thought wasn't
0: I mean wasn't that the theme of the entire yeah I mean talk about the commercials well yeah I mean it was it was it was Ah. inclusion
2: and and America being open armed and so I mean that was the interesting thing she starts with God Bless America which is the super sort of traditional patriotic song and then and then Mm -hmm. includes all these people groups which the commercials did as well uh, in terms of in terms of refugees and immigrants which I any one of them was a well done
0: commercial. But it felt nothing makes me want to buy a crappy Ford car more than thinking about <laughs> refugees and immigrants. But but it was you know, I'm I'm in now on the Ford Focus. It became
1: I think you need some lumber.
2: Yeah. The 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 power of groupthink was so overwhelming because you see it in car commercials and beer commercials and in lumber commercials, you know, like like eighty four lumber, lumber, and, and yeah, and all of those commercials were well done individually. And if there had been two of them, it would have been like those were. Those were standout commercials. They were artfully done, but it became it became like being on the internet, where it's just hot take yeah. after hot take. And so, even if there's some some well thought out ones in the middle there somewhere, you're just like, sweet mother, can somebody just make a joke? Like what <laughs> happened? What happened to the Budweiser frogs or something? Like just do something. Hype, funny. Were there any?
1: Were there any funny? I kind of missed a lot I of the commercials. Out on commercials
2: the- after the first half, because I was like, this is the worst.
1: Were there no funny commercials? I don't remember. No. Um. Well, yeah, there was no. like the Skittles the, commercial, the Buick there one, was...
2: the Buick one where he's like, "If that's a Buick, then my quarterback's Cam Newton." That was pretty funny. You know, <laughs> I I mean, it was like I missed that. It one. was sort of like funny, one. like you would see during a normal NFL game. It wasn't Super Bowl level quality, yeah. but it was.
1: And like obviously for a guy like me, like Cam Newton, I mean, he might as well said Matthew McGonnet. Like I don't even know what you're, what you're talking. Right. So that you know that was like specifically funny for a yeah. It's, it's a the...
0: football fan commercial. <laughs> I- Type I would have loved to have been in the pitch meeting uh, at 84 Lumber corporate headquarters as they're <laughs> sitting around a table with an ad executive going, "What we need is a really heartrending, heartstring pulling short film about about immigrants <laughs> in order to in order to sell two by fours and, and like apparently that you know, was uh,
2: censored, which is why they couldn't show the whole. I mean, granted, it was like a four and a half minute commercial, but they apparently it was censored or something, so they had to show the end of it. Online because there was questions about it being too political because it, it ended up being tied directly to a wall at the Mexican border. So... Oh, I see. Um, Built out of lumber from 84 Here's lumber. the thing. I, I, yeah, I will... <laughs>
0: That Mexico well, no, is they, pay they, for built, it. A, they yeah. built
2: a they built a like, door in the wall. It's a big door, so oh, to, to oh, welcome immigrants okay. or refugees or mm. uh, any <laughs>
0: poignant eighty four lumber. But here's the yeah,
2: but, my, but
1: that's the one. That's the one. You know, there's always the one commercial everybody's dialoguing like about, and that's the right one. Now. That's yeah. the one everybody's we, talking we have, about. We yeah. have fallen
2: into the trap. Here's the funny thing: is you know that they're sitting in that that pitch meeting, going, "This is a really big risk for us because who do we serve? We serve, mm-hmm. you know, sort of the the blue collar, red blooded yeah. American." builder well yeah who, like liberal hipsters yeah building, they, you know, they're, uh, they're buying the wood that they're,
0: <laughs> they're buying the reclaimed yeah. wood that 84 sold 18 years ago right that's what hipsters they're are buying like a they're buying the wood from a barn that just fell down that that's not true guys i ago. just
1: placed i just placed an order yesterday for like six or seven tons of 84 lumber i mean i'm i'm just gonna build <laughs> something that for, now that because for stage, what are you building
2: stage sets at substance
1: stagecraft yeah yeah, yeah I'm, i mean fight with the church <laughs> Yeah. I said, guys, we—it's time to build something again. But do not build anything if it's not using 84 lumber. That's kind of mm. where I'm.
0: At. Yeah, you know, what? you got to be a leader in your church. You got to lead your flock, and I'm glad you're doing that. And
1: I okay. and I lead them to 1984 lumber. <laughs> <laughs> nice
0: pipe. Put a put a put a fine point on the game itself. I know Ronnie doesn't want to talk oh, about the game, and we're not going to get bogged down. That's not down true. In, in That's not true at all. Why do you say my I mean, new show about the talk, game? I want to talk You're about so the judge. game.
1: I mean, I'm all for comebacks. I'm all for people. I'm all for the underdog, even though right, they want the, the underdog coming back. The underdog didn't like, win. <laughs> the underdog lost. they were the underdog they were the underdog up until the last the last you know however many minutes though right? you
0: know what i'm just glad something good finally happened to tom brady and giselle buchin that's right they, you know? they have i mean they, they have lived a downtrodden life it was really, really good have. to They've see them a tough life
2: scrabble to
0: the top <laughs> yeah. of the heap to get a good i know of that glory. you know good for those yeah. kids good for hey, the, god bless I, those really kids
1: quick man yeah. before, before piper goes on can you can you pronounce giselle's last name for all of us I don't words. know. I, I literally
0: that, don't know. I was just taking a stab at it. No, I like, though. I like what you dark.
1: said. I, li- I like the vowel pronunciation with that. Can you do that again?
0: I went with a long u, Gunchin. Byunchin. Yeah, I don't know. Is that it? Can we roll it? Somebody with on that? the internet, tell me. Somebody's going to, well, actually. That's right. That.
1: Um, you know, I would love it if Giselle just tweeted back at us and gave us pronunciation. I know she's a listener. I know, she know she is. I know of
0: she's of listening. Yeah. And somebody
1: can send her a box, a, a box of, uh, you know, good humor boxes. Why good. just call her Giselle
2: Brady and be done with it? Maybe that's easier.
1: That's outrageous. That's Sorry, that's, ah, that's so podcast. traditional.
0: I'm such a exactly. jerk. You're a misogynist. For <laughs> oh, my gosh. You
1: know what? I'm going to move. On. Me and Jared C. Wilson are going to start a podcast now. I can't do this. Anymore. Well, why don't you go
0: start one with Steven? He's probably his, his is probably coming to an end. <laughs> Dude, what I, what I thought was fascinating about the coverage is that so usually, um, especially when Troy Aikman and Joe Buck do a game, usually there's a lot of cutaways to Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, mm-hmm. except that this time there were very few of those and there were all cutaways to like Giselle Bünchen's like luxury box showing her just being just sitting sort of yeah, sitting or being like spastically uh reacting to things that were happening on the field um which honest to gosh I have to tell you like if you're Tom Brady that's the fantasy right yeah, like you want your lady <laughs> that dialed into. The yeah she's not just sort of and, sitting uh, up there
2: being like oh did someone score like she's well yeah, she she has yeah. uh she has inserted herself into like Patriots football, where she she called out Wes Welker. For, she called out Wes Welker yeah, for dropping absolutely. passes a couple of years ago and stuff. She's she's a diehard fan yeah. of of it, at the very really least is. her husband, oh. uh, seemingly of mm-hmm. football and and the Patriots in general. And to be honest, I'm pretty sure the reason they didn't do cutaways to to Buck and Aikman was because Joe Buck's facial hair was the worst thing I've ever seen. I mean, <laughs> the, dude, I honestly did he like, not know the Super Bowl show? was coming up? Like shave or grow a beard for yeah. two weeks, not four and a half days.
0: Dude, Joe Buck and the facial hair thing, man, it's fascinating. What do What do you think is the, is the thought process there, pipe for him? I mean, is is he trying to go more rugged? Is he trying to be less like, Faye and smug and Bob Costasy at this point in his life? What's I don't the know. What's going on yeah,
2: there? Yeah, he. Well, apparently he he has had. Uh you know, significant, I don't know what the hair plugs are numbered, but significant numbers of hair plugs, hair plug treatments, Mm -hmm. lots of them. Mm -hmm. And, and it got Mm -hmm. to the point where it caught, Like it was very painful for him and he got hooked on painkillers. And Mm -hmm. I think he wrote about this in his Mm -hmm. recent autobiography. So maybe there's something Mm -hmm. tied to that. And, and I, I don't know. It just, that would just seem like a really odd choice to me to go with the, we're going to go with the four day shadow. You
0: know, it's Dude, if you had to sit next to Troy Aikman, though, oh. like for the entirety of your career and just be the little like the little man who didn't yeah. win a bunch of Super Bowls and wasn't this like lantern jawed American hero, <laughs> like that would that would create some serious like psychosis. Yeah, in I, anyone, would, I would I turn would turn into think, like the full on you know, Joaquin
2: Phoenix, you know, beard oh, yeah.
0: sunglasses strung out thing that dude, it's honestly like it's a fascinating social experiment to just see how. Being in the presence of Troy Aikman year after year is like slowly destroying Joe Buck, you know, which is why when he does baseball, you're like, oh,
2: there's a human in there who's pretty gifted.
0: Dude, there's a dude. Right. There's a little there's a little like lilt in his voice. There's a there's a a sparkle to him when he's doing baseball that's that's not there when he's doing football. It's fascinating.
2: Yeah, I I don't I don't know that (laughs) I could. I mean, Aikman is not to speak ill of the dead, but he's pretty terrible.
0: (laughs) No nah, man, I, I can't hate on Troy Aikman. He was he was such a great player. Like I I get some sentimental about, about players. So even if they're bad in the booth, I, I give it a, a mulligan. Fair um enough. Big R do you have anything else to share about uh about the game, about the spectacle, about um just the the, the entertainment item that was the Super Bowl.
1: You know what, man? I think I like it. I'm actually a big fan. It's the only game I watch, you know, every year. I know that's going to just upset some people even after knowing all of that about me. But um, yeah, no, I actually really enjoy it. I think it's great. You know, here's what, man, if you want to do a little uh, commentary on it in terms of where the nation is at, I mean, it's, it's good to see, you know, uh, it's good to see a team that was even favored be down by that far and able to come back, you know, mm-hmm. at the end, you know, it was definitely an, you know, especially whether you were a, a fan or not, it was a, It was sort of a, uh, it was a hopeful ending. Um, You know, the performance was hopeful. I think it was, it was, it was, it was entertaining. I mean, you know, even people that, that hate the Patriots enjoy the game. And um, so, you know, I I think it was a, I think it was one of those cultural, um, you know, points of, uh, of hope that people can look back on and go, okay.
2: (laughs) You're very clearly not a football fan because I'm pretty sure most people are like, oh no, evil one. I'm, I think I think that for those who aren't fans of the Patriots, which yeah. is nobody, everybody hates the Patriots. There's like Boston fans. And then there's Ted. I was going to say Ted and I had a conversation about this and we both have sort of this this affinity for the Patriots because they're pretty. Dude, amazing. I, was I thought it was fantastic. If you're
0: Atlanta and you're up 28 to three and you can't salt the game away, you deserve to lose. Yeah, that, That's that's a thing.
1: And everybody that I was around was more for the Patriots. So maybe that's why I'm skewed, because I didn't. Could it be. was like. It, you know, in our in our area, everybody's kind of indifferent here. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. Ohio didn't have a big connection with either team. But I felt like if you had to press somebody, they, they weren't that anti-Patriots. They're like, yeah, sure.
0: I just know that – Dude, people, in the South, they hate the yeah, Patriots. Yeah,
2: people – well, partly because sure. – yeah, I mean they're, they're about the Yankees football team. But then there's also mm-hmm. the, the Belichick-Brady thing and like people just love to ride the – like they're cheaters. And I'm like maybe they deflated footballs and honestly that doesn't have any effect on the game. Um, but but- – yeah, people just abhor them and just, and it's so, it's so funny to me because then I, you know, you feel almost counterculture to be like, well, actually, I, I kind of like the Patriots. I think they're fun to watch and they're a good team. Yeah. I, no, I, I thought the end of that game was, was, well, the end of the game was crazy and then overtime. And it just, I don't know. It's so, it's so Brady. That's just the Bradiest ending <laughs> to a game to, to just, the whole game just sort of muddle through things. And then somehow that muddling turns into winning. Like how, I don't know. He's throwing the same, Mm -hmm. the same eight yard passes to slow white dudes. And this time they worked because of the greatest American hero, man. Tom Brady. Mm -hmm.
1: Should bring back that sitcom from the eighties, put Tom Brady in it. And you know, we're good to run, but guys, this is getting embarrassing because this is a, this is an app that you guys should have done. And I don't want to, I feel like I'm losing my rep right now. So we got to (laughs) wrap this thing. Well,
0: yeah. okay. well, There's
2: not. I mean, yeah, we don't want to do football commentary. That's boring. So I think we, I think we've
0: done enough cultural commentary. Clearly, everyone <laughs> hates that. Judging by all the positive right. comments, yeah, everybody hates sports. So, yeah, yeah. Well, boys, we have, uh, we've, we've sort of wandered to and fro throughout the Super Bowl <laughs> in that we've completely avoided the game <laughs> itself. Um, and until next time, Rachel the Held Evans.
2: The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. Resonate has helped us with our editing and mastering pretty much from the beginning of the podcast. If you go to resonate recordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Mark and Jake do a fantastic and timely job with all sorts of podcast services. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master and improve your podcast.